Welcome, Lee Chambers, to this episode of the Awakening Legacy podcast series. So it's great to have you on to talk about your chapter and more of the Awakening Legacy books. Welcome. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you, Sarah. Great to see you. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's dive straight in. And your chapter title, I remember when I read it and I was like, yes, <laughs> because this is a collaborative book. And, um, you know, there are 12 author stories in this book. And, you know, when you think about legacy, one of the things that was very strongly there for me is covered in your chapter. So I was like, yes, <laughs> it's covered. Um, and, you know, this sense of trusting that what comes together from the collective, you know, will cover everything there that wants to be expressed through the incredible energy of this book. So tell us your title and why you chose it. Yeah, so the title was really based on my journey, but a realisation more than ever that legacy is kind of broached as this subject of what you're going to leave behind after you've lived your life, what are you going to do to, to create something that then lasts? But it's almost framed in this idea that you'll retire from working one day and then go on a bit of a legacy project and give, give a little bit of something back before you expire and your body passes to the next realm. Mm -hmm. But no one seems to broach the fact that as soon as you're born, your legacy has been built. Yeah. And it's actually built in the small things that you do, the emotions that you make people feel, mm -hmm. the friendships that you forge, mm -hmm. the things that you co-create. And because it's something that we do in every single moment, we have so much more control over it than we honestly believe. And more than anything, how you show up every single day and how you go to bed every single night is forging a little bit of that legacy, mm. taking a little chisel to this little statue of yourself that you gradually forge over a lifetime. And you know what? It's not this pursuit of something at the end of our lives that we're going to leave behind to be remembered by. It's actually how we make people feel, the impact that we make on others and the greater ripples that we send out into the universe during every single moment that we're on the planet. Oh, love it. Straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I love about that is it gives you this sense of expansiveness of time. And, you know, I know it's a completely an illusion. We, none of us know how much time we have. Um, but th this way of seeing legacy and framing it in that way, I think is much more empowering and powerful and actually so much closer to the truth, actually, you know. Yeah. And I honestly feel, Sarah, that the, the old kind of mantle legacy that the leave behind mm -hmm. creates a, a bit of a gap and a scarcity to mm -hmm. do something meaningful before you expire mm -hmm. when you take it and believe that your legacy is being created and cultivated in every moment well there's lots of moments it's abundant mm -hmm. it creates the space to make lots of little you know lots of little bits of a legacy that you can then build together into something great and ultimately it's not about you. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It 
in, when it becomes about you, it creates this kind of tunnel, almost tunnel vision that you have to create this legacy, a longer, narrow track. And it doesn't let you be curious and explore other avenues. And it doesn't let you realize that actually legacy is not created through a tunnel. It's mm -hmm. created through a funnel. Mm -hmm. So much wider than we believe and that abundance of moments instead of scarcity of creation and almost that element to realize that actually there are so many people who are going to be part of your legacy in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. How many people will you touch that you don't even know? And yeah. ultimately, as we co-created that book together, the 12 of us, yeah. we'll have touched so many people, people we've not even met, people we might never meet in our lifetimes. Yeah. How many people will listen to this that I won't get the chance to connect with personally? Yeah. That little moment might just be an awakening, a firing of legacy for someone who you've never had the chance to meet. And that is powerful when you start to really embrace that. Yeah, yeah. That those that sense of those moments. Um, yeah. And what I heard in what you just said there as well is there's a degree of trust when, and curiosity, I love that word, you know, that curiosity, but also trust that, um, all, all we need to do is to be open and have, you know, an intention to come from a, a good place to, to, to give something in this lifetime. It doesn't actually really matter what it is, but that this sense of that the intention is enough. The intention creates it, right? Yeah, I think the, the intention, intention creates those little moments of action Yeah, that compound over time. Yeah. Like I like to almost think of legacy, taking it back to a little savings account. If you start putting a penny in every day mm. from a young age, say you're seven, you start collecting pens, you put a little penny in your legacy bank account. You know what? With the compounding interest over time, you'll have an amazing legacy by the time you're an adult. And you'll be able to build on that further. You might even spend a little bit of your legacy empowering other people to be able to build theirs as well. You almost become a little financial advisor of legacy to other people. <laughs> and the beauty is that it doesn't take winning the lottery and going from here to here. Mm -hmm. Tiny incremental little things that you do. Yeah. And that is the essence of legacy because we seem to have you know, fallen into this it has to be something massive. It mm -hmm. has to be an honour from the Queen. It has to be recognition on the greatest stage in the world. It has to be a gold medal. Well, no, it doesn't. Mm. It can be a, a collection of tiny little things that compound into a massive difference. Mm -hmm. And you might not even ever hang that massive difference around your neck, but it will sit there and other people will stand on your shoulders. And the beauty is that they will be able to build on the things that you've created, even if you don't know about it, they will be able to scale the obstacles that you have because you've given them blazed the trail. And you might even dismantle some of the challenges and barriers for other people. And that is a legacy that continues to give as we look to create a more equitable society in the future. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, it's that's made me think about, um, something that I think this pandemic has given people is 
yes, we've been isolated, but people have also connected, you know, connected with their neighbours, done things that make a difference um, that they probably wouldn't have done had we not be living through these times. And it's made us think, hasn't it? You know? Yeah, definitely. Adversity creates people's community spirit in some ways. You will find most people, including all our you know, great authors, have been through a challenge. They've been able to post-traumatically grow through that. And then that's forged community links. It's forged social impact. It's so often that adversity that actually gets us you know, down to that smaller element again a hyper-local community of people who are our neighbours, who's vulnerable in our community, who can we support? It opens our eyes to the things that when we're normally living at such speed, looking at a massive global world, it just all blurs into one. And suddenly adversity hits and we get the chance to stop, Mm. look at things clearly, look at things close to us and realise that actually human beings are where they are today not because we're incredibly intelligent, not because we're special. We're the most naff predators that ever existed. (laughs) And yet it's community is the reason why human beings are here on this planet today. And that is, you know, so often what will get us through the difficult times. And Mm. people have neglected social well-being over the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. But you tell you what, people are talking about it now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you mentioned there about adversity, you know, and I know in your chapter, I mean, we're not going to give it away because, you know, (laughs) I'm sure people will have read the book or are dying to read it. So if you haven't got your copy, do go get yours. There is a link below if you want to do that. Um, But in your chapter, you, you know, you talk about, you know, a time when, you went through huge adversity, which really made you appreciate having, you know, when we suddenly don't have something, I was just looking earlier at your chapter, when we don't have something we take for granted, it changes our perspective. Yeah, Yeah, so much thought. And I think that even on the basis of talking to people recently, with with the current pandemic, you know, more and more people have had COVID at some point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people's symptoms are losing either the sense of smell mm-hmm. or the sense of taste, mm-hmm. losing one of the senses that they've always had. Yeah. And all of a sudden it hits you how much that sense, how much you use it, how much it's important to you and how you've just taken it for granted because you've always had it. Mm. And there's a lot of things all our senses we take for granted Mm -hmm. and you know Katie is a perfect example of of showing what happens you know when you don't have the ability to take something for granted but how she's built her own way of being able to manage that and how she now actively fights for the rights of those who are in a similar position to herself and you know it's so difficult to ever put yourself in those people's positions and Katie's chapter really brings it to life what it's like to live in that experience Uh, Mm. but even down to the very basic things such as breathing walking having the independence and living you know in the first world yeah like let's be honest there's so much there's so much comfort I can now you know speak to you across this medium and you know we've got a connection I can see you Mm -hmm. you know we're in a comfortable place we're fed 
we've got you know we've got a roof over it's just there's so many things to be grateful for and yeah. the reality is we're so often blind to the things that we should be grateful for because we've always had them mm-hmm. and it does take adversity to really open our eyes so we can see the world in color because we live in black and white we really do mm. oh I love that I think that might be your quote that I I use on this yeah um yeah seeing things in color yeah I mean it's yeah I know you're a dad right and one of the one of the ways we connected I think as well is partly I know that part of your like family legacy is really important to you and has been an important part of um your journey in terms of being like a stay-at-home dad for some of the time and really wanting to be there while your children were growing up you know um I know that that is a kind of part of your journey and a, and a, and a choice that you made because a, a lot of the time people when I ask them about legacy because I work with a lot of parents you know they view it in in from this place of you know, that it's something for their, that their children are a huge part of their legacy, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't know how that sits with you. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel that for me, I was privileged enough to be able to make those choices, mm. but so much had been clarified by the challenges that I went through mm-hmm. and how powerful my children were as an anchor to be able to face that adversity. Because if I'm brutally honest, Sarah, if it was just me, I would have struggled to get through that. But mm. we will do more for other people than we'll ever do for ourselves. Oh, and yes. children, especially given that my daughter was born when I was unwell, and yeah. she took that journey with me yeah. and was a pivotal part of me getting back to where I was today. I mean, ultimately, children are something magical that will pull you through times, that will give you, you know what, a lot of stress. But it's a good type of stress from the meaning and responsibility of mm. navigating young souls to become, you know, adults who can go and do more than you could ever do. Mm. And to be an example for them is a little part of legacy, mm-hmm. but ultimately they will create their own legacies and help yes. them understand that they do that in their little moments and how they treat others and how they navigate the, the world that they're in just realizing that ultimately being a good person being kind being compassionate and empathetic are skills that once upon a time we kind of look down on a soft mm-hmm. you, you don't want to do that people will stand all over you but in the world that we live in today that's the way we're moving towards mm. that is that is a world where people will connect you know if we look at the you know, community being the driver and questions and curiosity you know, helping us solve the challenges that we face as a race. Mm-hmm. Children have that inbuilt. Yeah, in abundance. Questions. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's ensuring that, you know, you help them to forge that and hopefully keep, manage to keep some of those elements into adulthood because, mm. you know, we do live in a society where children are battered and bruised by mm. social media, by a lot of the technology and a lot of the mechanisms that are in the lives and, their beliefs in their little backpack are forged from what they get from the peers, from the parents, from the adults that they care for and believe. Because the biggest thing for me 
about my own children and the work that I do back in schools Mm -hmm. is that a child will really take something seriously from someone they trust. Yeah. If you propagate messages of hate, messages of scarcity, Mm. messages that look to denigrate others or be discriminatory or be, you know, ultimately prejudiced towards Mm -hmm. a certain group of people, for example, and your children trust you, the more they trust you, the more they will embody those traits, those beliefs. Yeah. So in that position of responsibility, yeah, it's stressful. But part of your legacy is that your children will grow the seeds that you plant in them to be bigger trees than you will ever become. Mm-hmm. And knowing that means that it is a lot of responsibility, but it's responsibility that you can use to bring so much meaning to your life and spread meaning way beyond the point where you're in a grave and people remember you on occasion. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that you will live a lot longer through being able to create those trees within others. I love that, those trees within others. And, you know, I, I, I was doing uh, an interview with Amanda the other day and she was very much talking about her father, you know, those seeds of compassion, of um, you know, his worth, work ethic and all of those things, the way he treated people being the thing that stuck with her the most, you know, um, it reminds me of that. Uh, I think it's Maya Angelou saying people won't remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel, yeah. you know? So it is that, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? Ultimately, we are all little sproutlings of the seeds that have been planted within us. Yeah. And you know what, as a, as a parent and as a human being, you have a choice in what seeds you plant within others. Mm-hmm. And you have a choice about how much you also help them to water the seeds and empower them to be able to water the seeds themselves. Yes. Because we live in a world of so much advice when actually what we need, what really waters people is encouragement. Yes, it is that, that role as an a, enabler, you know, yeah. and... I, you know, as parents, we do that. And I know as a professional, you do that with the work that you do. Um, same as me, you know, in your own way. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. I love that the metaphors that you've used in this interview have been really great for helping people see things in a different way. And that's what this book is so much about is bringing these these nuggets of inspiration to help awaken people's legacy, you know, um, and ideas about legacy, sense of legacy and empower, educate. And yeah. So thank you so much for coming on today. Where, where is the best place for people to connect with you if they want to find out more about the work you do? Cause like, you know, Lee won an award in uh, 2021. I know he was talking about you don't need gold medals and you don't need awards and stuff. But yeah, he did win an award, by the way, just so I mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's, it's one of those things where it was a real privilege to be recognised for the work that I do. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, that the little piece of Persplex sits on my bookcase behind me. It's not what it gets me up in the morning, but it yeah. is nice to have a little bit of recognition on the journey. Um, the the best place to find me will be on my website, which is leechambers.org. And that has links to all my social profiles, my blog and my business. 
and I'm most active on LinkedIn if you want to come and join me there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining us here today.